Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. A little bit warm and close, as we call it here in the Midwest. Phone lines here around the KMOX Home Improvement Show one and a half hours, actually a little bit more than one hour. We've got Cards versus the Cubs this afternoon that will cut this show just a few minutes short. So bring it on. Let's go. Let's get started. Phone lines for you, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Maybe it's time to talk about air conditioning, uh, maybe even window screening, UV rays, all those things that protect our home Reflective technologies on roof shingles to repel and reject the heat rays. All of those things that we face in the Midwest. We have really cold winters. We have really hot summers. And we deal with extremes in what's called the built environment. Meaning, you know, the buildings, the homes, the businesses, all the places where we go to shelter ourselves away from the effects of Mother Nature. Well, let's talk about it. Bring it on. 314-436-7900. Toll free if you'd like. 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. We're in our 75th year since my father uh, opened his doors in his garage, believe it or not, in Webster Grove, somewhere underneath Highway 44. That's where this company was founded. Uh, So we can talk about that and more. And the ages, the history, and some of the things that I bring from the historical reference that I learned from my father, uh, the references he had from people before him, the trades, and really now the science of shelter, the science of uh, buildings, as we call it, because we keep inventing new and Um, high-performing technologies. And as we add those, uh, sometimes we outrun the existing structure in a house, uh, in building uh, organizations, the the training of tradespeople, for example. Uh, The design professionals don't know that this can't be used with that. So, so many things that affect my world and your world uh, are things that we talk about here on the KMYX Home Improvement Show. Bring it on. Let's get started. I've got some phone lines uh, that are ringing up now. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Newsflash, housing starts are down. Down. With the incredible demand for housing, housing starts are down with the doubling of interest rates. So new homes have... uh, Uh, are still being built at a pretty good rate, but not enough to replace the aging out, uh, worn out homes we have and the new population coming. So the demand and pricing of homes will still remain pretty high, not as crazy as it has been. Lumber futures continue to drop, uh, not much, but we're down getting into at least uh, reasonable ranges for what we pay for a board foot of lumber, two by fours, one by tens, you know, OSB, uh, plywood, all the things we use to build and frame structures and you use around the house as well for your projects. So uh, anyway, all this is moderating as the economy is slowing, slowing primarily because the cost of money just doubled. So, you know, used to be, be, you could borrow a dollar 
in a mortgage for a 30-year fixed rate for 3%. Now it's almost 6% a year later. Um, So that does uh, happen and it uh, hampers the existing new home market. Remodeling, as it relates to my world, Mosby Building Arts, why I remain a student of this and why it's pertinent for you, is uh, some economists believe that that traps people in their homes. If you have a you know three percent mortgage, three and a quarter, whatever, you've got a good mortgage rate, you've got a nice home that's good enough, and your family uh, grows or builds or changes, and you want more home, more house. Well, in order to do that, you've got to go borrow at six percent instead of three. Well, instead of buying a whole new home, people tend to stay put upgrade and remodel. Uh, So in the world of economics, remodeling used to be thought of, and this is 25, 30 years ago, as counter-cyclical. That as new home demand dropped, remodeling would rise. Well, in the last 25 years, because of the growing demands on housing and the technology, and some some of these old buildings that just don't hold heat and cool very well, Um, we found that remodeling followed and tracked. The only difference is when housing drops dramatically, remodeling only goes down by half as much because people are still trying to fix up their home, add a new kitchen. You know, they can't buy a new house or they're not willing to at 6%. So let's just do the kitchen. Let's get the two bathrooms cleaned up and all those things. So that's how it affects my world. Uh, So much for that. Uh, Let's get going and talk to my buddy, Donald. Hey, Donald, good morning. Welcome to Cam Wex. How can I help you this fine Saturday morning? Uh, Good morning. Yes, I have a strange problem with my wife. We were turning water on in the house, especially the kitchen. Uh, when she turns it off, there's a clucking noise. I thought at first I thought it was my son trying to drive tennis shoes in the dryer, but it's a real clucking noise. Cluck, 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 cluck. The water still was good, but the clucking noise. Hey Donald, you're pretty good at that clunking noise. We might ask for a rebate, a re, you know, replay there. Just <laughs> <laughs> that clunking noise is pipe hammer, and it is um, maybe related to the kitchen faucet itself. Is that a, a single-handled faucet, Donald? Yes. Okay. Um, there are um, springs and seats in that faucet. And as you open that faucet, sometimes the um, uh, those springs get tired and they don't shut off the water quite as solidly as possible. But when you turn on that faucet, the pressure drops because you have a hole in your piping system now. That's how it's designed. But that pipe hammer down by the dryer, if I understand you correctly... That could actually be the solenoid. Hang on, you know, go, hang on here, Donald. We're going for a Scott. Um, your solenoid valve, the filling water on and off in your clothes washer, may actually be worn out. Anyway, my, my big picture answer here is something's worn out and one of the on-off valves somewhere needs to be changed. It may be in a toilet. It may be in a single-handled faucet. And it may be in an electric on-off valve for water, which can be a dishwasher and a clothes washer most commonly. And I know it sounds like a stretch here, 
Um, but that uh, this issue is also why uh, we had it last week, uh, why you have an expansion tank on your hot water um, heater, because it's kind of a shock absorber for this very type issue for the changes in pressure. I gave you a lot of information there, Donald. I don't know where. How am I doing? You're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. <laughs> well, the issue is you're you're still you still own this. You need to figure this out because if you hire an expensive plumber or somebody to come in, they're just going to do the same things you can do. Is run, you know, turn the faucet on and off, run around the house, find out what part of the house it's in. You know, figure what kind of appliance or faucet or devices around in that area. And then just kind of look for issues with that. We've also seen things where um, lawn, this time of year, lawn irrigation valves go on and off as they sprinkle outside or something like that. Right. So sometimes they're not even related to all the stuff inside the house. It may be changing pressure according to a sprinkler station, this one going off, this one on, and all, you know, that kind of stuff. Just keep right. your eyes open and go hunting. So you say if you change the faucet, the handle would that would that correct it? Um, not yet. It might, but not yet. I suspect that that single handle faucet has the hot and the cold water running equally at the same time. Uh, when you just flip it up to the center, uh, I think it's somewhere else in the house, and you need to find where that noise is happening when that faucet comes on. And if the noise is at that kitchen faucet. Uh, look at that faucet and look at the shutoffs down below as well. You know the. Thanks for that. Uh, you know what I mean. Right. Thank so you, you so much. Yeah, you're on your own, Donald. You have to go hunting and find this sound, and then start figuring out from that. Thanks for that. All right, sir. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Home improvement, Scott Mosby. This is a pipe hammer. Oh man, um, there are. That beast has multiple heads, and it sounds and looks like several things at different times. We'll talk about that more as we get through this hour. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, X. Take a short pause and come right back. Serving St. Louis for over 96 years. KMOX. All right, back together. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX. Some phone lines open for you. Bring it on, bring it in. Let's go. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. And toll-free 800-925-1120. Uh, let's see what's cooking here. Go with my friend here and see what's happening with Mark. Mark, good morning, sir. How can I help you this fine Saturday on KMOX? Good morning. I was wondering if you could tell me how far your roof shingle should extend over your gutter. We, when we have a tremendous uh, storm, my, uh, the water shoots right over the gutter. And also, I was wondering if you could tell me if there's a particular tool available to, to cut that. Um, how steep is your roof, Mark? Uh I, I don't really know. It, it's an older house, about you know, 1950 in Kirkwood. Um, okay. I would say, I would say it's not extremely steep. So I mean, okay. it's, it's certainly not certainly not flat, but not an extreme angle either. Okay. What uh, ideally your shingles stick over the uh, fa- the back part of your gutter by about an inch. An inch. Okay. One I think inch. I'm a couple. I think I'm a, a little bit further than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Part of what happens with that, uh, 
is, and the reason the inch is important, is you can get too little, and if the roof is pretty flat, not very steep, that water comes off the top surface granules of the shingles, and then it turns to the edge, and being flat enough, then the surface adhesion, the water follows and actually kind of wicks its way uphill, and it can leak behind the gutters. Conversely, if your roof, you know, you re-roof this thing or you shingle over it and the roofers get too far over the gutters, you know, you've basically occluded or blocked two-thirds of the opening collection surface of that, you know, gutter top, which is kind of where you are. Yeah, I don't think it's that steep because, I mean, I was up on the roof last week cleaning out my gutters, so it wasn't extremely steep. I don't know, maybe... Yeah. Um, and is there a tool I can purchase that would cut the excess uh, shingle? Yes. Um, and it's um, uh, shingles are best cut from the back um, because the top granule surfaces are little grant they're little rocks so if you're cutting it from the top with a knife it just doesn't work you cut it from the bottom you basically cut all of the asphalt or the composite material from under it and then the last few centimeters of thickness of the granules then come off uh it's pretty much uh tin snips big metal working tin snips would be the tool to cut these shingles And the issue then is you need a sharp razor cut edge. So after you cut it with this uh, big tin snips and and these are, you know, these this tool is going to be 12, 14 inches long. There are there are compound snips um, that have uh, green and red and yellow handles. Those are for cutting circles and diameters. Although those are compound, they are the least uh, physical pressure on your hand to cut the shingles. They're, you know, the, the jaws are only about two inches long and you wind up just kind of shredding your way down the shingle face. Okay. You see, you see what I mean? So you're looking for a bigger piece of, of tin snips to cut that, uh, like a big pair of scissors, if you will. And then you will then about every 10 or 12 feet, the compound kind of the tar like material will build up on those tin snips and you need to solvent clean those off or scrape them off. You following me through this? Yeah, but you you said cut the back of it. So do I kind of not nope. quite sure how how the I would... best the best way is to cut the back. So for, sorry, I'm I'm uh, jumped around on you here, Mark. That was my mistake on communicating. That's the best way to do it. That's not one of your choices. So you're going to have to cut these like a big pair of scissors with ten snips. Okay. Yeah, All right. yeah, let go of that whole first knife thing. But when you're finished cutting, and, and if you have a ragged edge on the edge of those shingles, that's where water will really stick. So however cleanly you cut those shingles, and some tin snips will cut them pretty clean. Um, you know, So you make that judgment, and then that's how cleanly the water drips off of the face edge of those shingles. Okay, but, but you said about one inch is probably ideal. Yes, yes. Now, stay stay with me here. Um, There's a starter strip that is basically, uh, uh, do you have three tab shingles or are yours architectural? I don't. I don't know. Either. Architectural means it looks. It's bumpy and it's got multi, multiple thicknesses. Three tab is just one layer with uh, three tabs on the shingles. Yeah, I've got the latter. Okay, the three tabs. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that shingle actually has throats, which means um, 
grooves in between the three sections of that. So there's one shingle. It's three feet long, about 12 inches wide, and it has three sections of shingles. And when you get up there, this will all make more sense to you. Um, So, But those throats have nothing underneath it. So on the first starter course of putting a roof on, we take a starter shingle and we flip it around upside down so that there's a solid piece of shingle. My point is, is beware for two full thick layers of shingles. Um, you may get into that starter shingle um, uh, in thickness, and you could really be cutting two sh- thicknesses of shingles. But I would still cut them back to an inch, inch, and a quarter if you can. Cut them straight, because even though it may not look like you can see it from some places, you know, up the street where they're looking down on your roof or whatever, uh, a straight run with a chalk line. Uh, would be the goal, excuse me, the way to go at this. Okay. Thank you so much for your advice. I appreciate it. Hey, Mark, you open for a little bit more advice? Sure. Find a handyman bunny, buddy. Uh, based on your questions to me, um, do you have somebody that's kind of tool-oriented that uh, might be able to help you through this just for the first half an hour or an hour? Uh, not really. Oh. Well, Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, then then you're figuring this out. But what I described to you is a good product. You're going up there like with uh, scissors and you're cutting this off. You just need tin snips to be able to cut the thick material of these shingles. Okay. All All right. right. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. All right, sir. Good luck. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Off we are running and and, uh, rolling here. Let's see what's happening with Anita. Hey, Anita, Scott Mosby here. KMOX, how can I help? Hi, yes. Um, I have uh, two bath showers, and they both have the single knob where you get the hot and cold water mixed. Um, The one works great. The other one, you, at probably a quarter of a turn at the most, it's pretty hot. So it seems to me that there's something isn't right, that it's not coming in equally. Uh, Does that that make sense? Yes, ma'am. That ca- how old is your house or the faucets? Um, well, we had we had the this bathroom remodeled in I want to say ninety three ninety yeah I think it was ninety three. Okay. So, right. I mean the house is the house is sixty five sixty six years old. Okay, so your faucets um, are thirty ish years old. Well, but we've replaced them. Yeah, faucets are 30 years old because we did it back in 93. Yeah, okay. But ironically, the one in the basement, we had both bathrooms remodeled at the same time, and the one in the basement works great. You know, you get a, you got to get at least, you know, almost like halfway. It's, it's warm or almost hot, and you can put it three-quarters of the way, and I have a nice steam shower. Uh, sure. But sure. the... And that's downstairs, actually closer to the hot water tank. The the bathroom on the main level, it's a tub-shower combo, whereas the one in the basement is just a shower. But the one on the main level is tub-shower combo. And literally, I'm getting a quarter of a turn or maybe, say, 7 o'clock. And mm-hmm. it's pretty warm. It's getting pretty hot. Do you know what brand those faucets are of manufacture? Um. Let's see. Let me look. Um, gosh, would it say on it? It might on the handle. Uh, Delta, Moen, Kohler. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's Moen. 
Moen? Okay. Moen, yeah. All right. Here's kind of what's going on. Uh, 93 was uh, kind of the front end of single-handle faucets or what's called scald guard pressure balanced. So uh-huh. just like the man who had the kitchen sink, there are springs on the hot and the cold side. And uh, I suspect your first floor shower valve gets used more than the basement. Um, so it actually, may have... Actually, it does not. We uh, The basement one, uh, we have a finished basement and... It's a it's the perfect bathroom, and we shower downstairs all the time. Now, my okay. husband has used the tub a little more, or we'll watch the grandkids, and we use the tub, you know. Um, but yeah, so actually, the downstairs gets used a lot more than the upstairs. Okay, well, which is kind of weird, but go ahead. The good. <laughs> The good news is on these Moens and the single-handle faucets right about that time, starting in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, they tried to do kind of a spring pressure balance or, or flow guard. So if somebody flushes the toilet, it doesn't take all the cold water. It literally chokes down the flow of the hot equal to what is not there on the cold. My point being sure. that these Moen faucets are really easy to replace cartridges in it. So you take off that handle... Um, and then you remove, there's a couple screws in there that remove the escutcheon ring or the finished shiny cover plate thing, and that'll open right. up the valve body. And if you're going to rebuild one of those faucets and they're both the same age, uh, just rebuild the other one as well. Um, and then yeah. okay. at that point, some of those faucets, depending on how far up and down the food chain that you had somebody come in and, and remodel that bathroom, there was likely a conscious decision on that exact faucet. Sometimes there are actually little adjustment screws in there to equalize just a little slotted screw that just uh, allows a little more cold or a little less hot on this one side. So there are adjustment screws on some of those models of faucets that uh, well, it may be set up that the way. the fact that you said that, my husband is a very good handyman, and this we've had this problem uh, several years ago, and I said something to him, and he did, he did, he did adjust it. So yeah. there must be adjustment screws because I'm like, did you fix it? And he's like, yeah, I adjusted it. And I guess it, it was fine for several years, and now it's back to where it was. Well, some of that just mineral deposit, you know. I mean, you know, our, our arteries are not the same as they were the year before, 10 years before, 20. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. <laughs> or at least mine, anyway. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah here, here. Too, too many cheeseburgers. <laughs> But anyway, so if your if your husband has those skills, either adjust it. But he would, um, you know, if if he's doing that, you can also go ahead. I, I mean, these rebuild kits are twelve dollars. They take about an hour, you know. And if your husband knows how to adjust that faucet, and he's handyman like, then you probably have better faucets. Like engineers pick better stuff when they remodel their house because they want to know nuts and bolts wise. So your your hubby probably picked some pretty good faucets when you came through on that. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, although he's always a little bit price conscious. Um, okay, yeah. so now for the rebuild kit, is that something we buy online or we can get it at a hardware store? Uh, both, both. You need to find out both. if you can. Okay. If you can, I, I would take uh, take a picture of that uh, finish cover plate just the way it is before you pull it off. Take the handle, then the cover plate off, and take a picture of that valve body. And most of the times, uh, a good hardware store and certainly a plumbing supply will be able to figure this out. If you go pretty much to a big box store, the problem is 
they don't have they have rebuild kits, but they may have a rebuild kit that fits fifteen different faucets. And then right, you open up the, the package yeah, and you've got two hundred pieces and you only need four. It's like now which four do I need? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So someplace like a Henry's or Yeah, uh, Henry's yeah, would be perfect. Places. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anybody oh. yeah, that they they were around when these faucets were uh, supplied. Your husband will have probably some preference of where he wants to go to. Yeah, and I think we actually bought him from there. So, <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, I think they're still in the city. Um, yep. They're around. All right. Yeah, great, great. Appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, Anita, take care. Bye now. You too. Home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Hey, did I mention it was hot? Oh, was I supposed to say that? I was going to be a real smart aleck this morning and, and talk about snow melt a little bit, just to kind of remember, you know, the the months when we were cold, icy, uncomfortable. Well, here we are. It's the middle of the country. Scott Mosby, KMOX. We've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, and 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. This is Scott, and this is KMOX Home Improvement Show. We are here for you. Hey, it's Tom Ackerman. Join me Monday mornings at 9.50 for our new feature, Five Minutes with Number Five. And you know who that is, Albert Pujols. Five Minutes with Number Five, Mondays at 9.50 a.m. on The Voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. All right, together, home improvement, Scott Mosby. We are going up until the Cards and the Cubs today. Stay tuned right after the home improvement show. Just a little bit after noon, we're going to have the Cards and the Cubs right here on KMOX. Scott Mosby at your service. Uh, let's see what's cooking here on the phones, and let's talk with Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help you this Saturday? Well, this morning I saw my neighbor out there. He was watering his foundation. Now, I know if you've got a flat house with no basement, you're supposed to water your foundation, but does it do any good? Like, we have a split foyer. Does it do any good for me to water my foundation in this hot, dry weather? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, the issue is uh, we had so much rain earlier that the soil is pretty well, uh, it, it, it's moist. Uh, the top is drying out fast, so the top surface is going to crack. Problems are going to come, Mike, more in two months if it keeps dry, because then that dryness is going to get down to the structural bearing footing at the bottom of that foundation, and that's when you have funny things like that. So when the soil starts to dry and crack, it's important. If you have drying and cracking, I would water it, number one, for the plants, but number two, and I'll explain this a little bit while you water a foundation, consistent hydration means that the soil is not getting bigger or smaller, and it's not moving. It just stays put. So that's why people uh, hydrate it. I've even seen a water trench around the base of a footing on the inside of a house where a soils engineer had designed a standing pool of water to keep the foundation footing in extreme situation. They had very expansive soils, I imagine. But he had he had water. It was like a, a toilet t- tank filler. It was the first time I'd ever seen anybody go to that level of moistening the soil for structure reasons. You see, my... Uh sister-in-law lives in texas and they have no basement and they all have to have a they all have to have a sprinkler system down there yes but like i said so we're okay for about another month or so then maybe water around the foundation then 
Yeah, yeah. And and now here, keep in mind, uh, preventive maintenance is better than a big cure because right. you can keep that. You know, if you water a little bit now, you you don't have to wa- You don't have to do catch up. But I would not worry about this until we get into August and September. If we haven't had rain, and you'll have bigger problems with your lawn before then. But that's when foundation issues become an issue because the soil shrinks away, and when it does. Then, then it, when it does rain, then you've got water coming down those cracks, then rapidly expanding the soil down below, and then you're pushing and pulling on all that structural concrete. Okay, well, thank you. You bet. Good question, Mike. I appreciate it. I haven't talked about watering foundations for some time. Thank you for the topic. All right, home improvement. Let's see what else. Who's next here? Uh, how about Al? Hey, Al, Scott Mosby. Good Saturday to you, brother. How can I help? Hey, this is Al. Hey, I got a Whirlpool dishwasher, about four or five years old, and it just quit working. All the lights light up. You kind of start your cycle, but it doesn't do anything. Oh, I know really? it has water coming in. Yeah. Uh, it has water coming in, but it doesn't make a sound. It lights up a little bit and nothing. Hmm. Okay, uh, simple things. Um um, inspect what you expect. Sometimes, and some models have a filter down in the bottom of the dishwasher. So you pull the impeller off, which you just kind of lift up, but pull that the bottom basket out. Ideally, have no dishes in there so you don't mess anything up. Pull the basket out, pull that impeller, and down around there should be some sort of a drain. And that drain may have a screen. Some of them pull apart for maintenance and i've seen little plastic caps and uh just food and debris build up to the point that uh if it's not draining fast enough uh it may say look something's wrong we're not going to start up the next time so you may have a whiz bang safety issue i doubt that's it but that's the cheapest thing to start with always start with the basics first uh you know make sure it's getting water it's getting electric then the thing after that is most everything else on a dishwasher gets into electronics and you're replacing you know kind of the um the operation uh, circuit board on that thing and then you're into maintenance you know yeah i was wondering if replacing that as opposed to just buying a new one yeah the the issue is you're um you're better off it, with 4 and 5 years old uh, especially if you bought, you know, a, a better model in the Whirlpool, then you are better off fin- uh, f- uh, fixing it. Because especially if you have a finished panel on the front of it or anything like that, then you're you're pretty committed dollar wise. Um, yeah, it's like the stainless steel front. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's it's worth a service call, but I think you're heading. You're going to need a a service repair call. Come out and uh, service this uh, unit. They because they know how to get the parts. And here, here's how this whole thing goes. Uh, there aren't any parts, so they show up and they they charge you for the service call, and they say, "I'll order the part." Two weeks later, somebody calls back and says, "Yep, we've got the part. It'll be in here in two months." You know, so this is kind of how the pandemic dance uh, seems to be uh, playing out. If they say, "I've I've got the part. I can fix it today," just say yes. <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, thank you very much. All right, Al. Good luck, my good luck, my friend. Bye-bye. All right. See you later. And and it's just the reality of uh, where we are. I mean, golly, I can't tell you. I put some stuff on my patio here, and the way I decided which model I was putting in is which one I could get. 
you know, whereas, you know, years ago, it's like, well, if you don't like this one, you know, another four or five weeks, we can get that one. Now, the first call goes to the supplier, and what do you have in stock? Well, nothing or something or whatever. And, you know, the smart ones have bought a lot of uh, models uh, of their most popular models. So I find that in shoe stores and appliances, uh, heating, cooling companies buy a whole bunch of one model, the five, ten models that they use a lot. So anyway, some people have stock, some don't. But when you get into repair parts, you can't have it all. Uh, so just be aware. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We're going to take a short pause after this. I'll be right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Wow. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Come on. Bring. Oh, oh. pardon me. Excuse me. I'll get my medication adjusted any moment now. Hey, Cards Cubs fans, baseball game coming up right after the Home Improvement Show. Stay tuned here, right here on KMOX. Take us with you wherever you go. There is an Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey app. Download that. You can follow us and me anytime you want. Podcast, go back and listen to any show. Uh, and Likewise, you can follow us at KMOX.com or on your radio. Uh, let's get right to the phone lines and talk with my friend John. Hey, John, good morning. How can I help you, my friend? Good morning, sir. Yes. I was, call- I was calling because we had a carpet installation over our front steps at the church. We had it removed and put down like epoxy, gravel epoxy on there. Yes. And uh, I was trying to get find somebody who may come in and repaint that surface, uh, do something to it to change it back to blue. Is there, you know of any company that does that type of work? Uh, there's a company called Epoxy Stone in St. Louis or to do a search, but frankly, it's the people that put the stuff in that have to recoat it, and it does lose its luster, it loses its color, the whole thing. So, John, you're on the right path. Uh, find the company that put the stuff in. It does get a little bit pricey because they have to almost duplicate the whole installation process, but it is doable, and it, I advise it because once you stop putting the epoxy on, then you get behind the eight ball kind of here, and then you're playing and catch up uh, very good but we <laughs> the people that put it down won't answer their phone anymore so i was just looking to see if we could find somebody else to look at it uh call my office see what we can come up with for you i, I don't know that we know people directly but we can find out uh, 314-909-1800 for mosby building arts Three, 314-909-1800 mm-hmm. uh-huh. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you Monday. All right, John. Thank you, sir. Bye now. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. It'll be it'll be an indoor outdoor weekend. Outdoor a little bit, indoor a little bit, outdoor a little bit. Into maybe a little garage time in the shade there. Uh, let's see what's cooking here and see how about Gina. Hey, Gina Scott Mosby. How can I help? Hello. Yes, Gina, you're on KMOX. How can I help you now? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Um, yes, I have a privacy fence around my deck. Okay. And so the the fence posts for the privacy mm-hmm. de- uh, fence are, um, you know, in the ground, and they are also connected to the uh, beam on the deck. Okay. The problem is, is that the ground has been, uh, the dirt is over the concrete of the uh, privacy fence posts. 
Yes. And yes. so I have dug that out and uh, re, you know tried to make some gullies to route the yeah. water from away from there. Perfect. But what I discovered is that the concrete is kind of cracked and separated from the post. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I dug that dirt out between the concrete and the post, and then I put the um, stained sealant down in there, uh, you know, okay. cleaned that area and, and put that in there. And then I took, um, like, uh, river pebbles that are maybe a quarter to a half an inch or so mm-hmm. and, and packed that in there. Yeah. And then and then, uh, uh, then I also packed those or put those pebbles kind of around the uh, ground level around and built up a little bit around the post. And then I packed dirt over that. So just to extend those, um, the life of those, there's really a minimal route, rot, what rot. Yeah. It's like yeah, maybe okay. a quarter of an inch and I kind of cleaned that up and then, you know, stained that. So is that a good, um, idea to have done that in, in order to try to extend the life of those posts? Yes. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, when I first started in this business, we used to wrap the base of untreated lumber with uh, roof tar and uh, felt, roofing felt, trying to keep the soil and mo- moisture away from it. Uh, so you've effectively drained it, packed it in. Is it a treated four by four, Gina? Kind yeah, of they're, gr- they're treated. Yeah, they're yeah. treated. Yeah, you did great then. Everything you did was terrific. Um, and the sh- and when concrete is poured around wood, the wood dries and shrinks, so it's the wood that moved away from the concrete most commonly. Okay. So yeah, Roof you did fine. You, well, yeah, you did. I have. Nah, I have don't worry about it. That's. I yeah, I wish I'd have called you before I did this. <laughs> no, I, I think. <laughs> That was then. This is now. I think you did better than the tools we had 50 years ago. So you're, I think you okay. did just fine. So packing that dirt around the post, slanting down, that, that'll be okay. Yeah, if you can have no soil around it, but then there's the balance of do I want it to be attractive or do I want it to drain perfect? That That's always the balance in constructing. We're trying to fool Mother Nature, and she's trying to tear us apart. Okay, so you say it would would, would have been better not to have soil around there. Yeah, but it, you know, then you have to look at it. So that it's it's totally a consumer, you know, in the eye of beholder. It's your 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 eye that counts. <laughs> All okay. Right. Well, I kind of thought, you know, maybe once that dirt packed, it would kind of, you know, just drain and, and roll down off of the yeah. little bit of the hill that I built around the post. So no. You did great, Gene. I've got to go. We're got to pop off. Hey, stay tuned. Cards and Cubs coming up on KMOX right after news, weather, and sports. Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, welcome back. Hour two, home improvement, lunchtime, bean time, center of the country, center of the dial, center of the day. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show, and my name is Scott Mosby. We've got uh, just a few more minutes before we uh, go to the Cards and the Cubs game, so stay tuned with me. But I do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, 800-925-1120. My name's Scott Mosby. Hopefully you're still here from hour 
everyone. If not, welcome aboard. Uh, spread the word for all new first-time homeowners. This is the place to tune in and find out how to handle that home. This is really what it's all about. Uh, let's go to the phones right now and see what's happening with my buddy Steve. Hey, Steve, thanks for hanging on during the top of the hour. How can I help you, my friend? I got an electrical problem. I got uh, dusted on like mercury vapor. Well, okay. they're, they're sodium vapor now. Okay. And uh, I want to put it on a switch where I can turn it on and off instead uh-huh. of just, uh, you know, it coming on and being on all night. And I've right. called a couple people, and they don't they don't want to mess with it because I don't know why. They just said that was uh, too intense or whatever. I don't know because things like 240, you know, so. Yeah. I uh, I don't know what to do. Can you put that on a switch? Uh, on off switch? Uh, yes, you can. Let me ask you a few questions here, though. Um, is this one of those dusted-on things that Ameren put in, and you just pay them by the month? They kind of own the whole thing, and they do it? No, no. It's been my grandpa put it in years ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, if it's a 240... Uh, you do have a choice. You can turn the breaker off. It's not the ideal way to do it, but there are um, uh, two-pole switches that will switch. So you can switch. I mean, you know, there's a switch. Uh, for example, patio heaters, uh, you know, electric patio heaters, those are 240 volt. And, you know, uh, we put those in with a heavy-duty two-pole rocker switch, you know, toggle so they're there it's available you just need to go to the right place uh for the right type of thing i think you're going to need steve to go to an electrical supply house like a metro electric or uh butler supply something like that you follow what okay, i mean i want to leave the back one on all the time but the front one i just want to be able to turn that off but uh if i flip that breaker it's going to it's going to take them both out right Yes, that is correct. You'll 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 trip that whole. Now this is this is all within. Uh, electricians can handle this thing. Who have you been calling? Uh, I called. Uh, you're not going to believe it, but his name is Mosby, and uh, he he just is uh, like a handyman around here, and sure, he, he sure. didn't want to pack it. Well, that's a wise oh. thing. It's a little bit, uh, you get into 240, it's not just changing out an electrical switch or an outlet. So I, I endorse uh, I endorse that, uh, the wisdom of letting that go. But, but you're just looking for an electrician here, Steve. This is not right. that big a deal. But instead of having, you know, a hot wire, a ground, and a hot wire, a neutral, and a ground, you're going to have two hot wires, if you will, and then how that gets switched. An electrician is, you know, quite fluent in that. So it's get getting an electrician to come out for a small job like that in today's labor market. That's the challenge. So I know who who to call, but my golly, getting them out, you know, for that is that's a tough one. So my advice to you, hey Steve, yeah. My advice to you is come up with a list of other things to get done because there'll be a trip charge, you know, how a two-hour minimum or something like that. I'd come out with a list of things that you want them to look at. Um, right. So, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm sure I can find some other stuff. Um, yeah. All right, well, thank you very much. 
Okay, Steve, good luck. And it's doable. You just need to find the right skill set. And um, I, I, I admire the handyman who said, no, thanks. Um, it's out of my bailiwick. So good choice. That's there. exactly what he said. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom and competence is sometimes knowing when it's over your head and just letting it go to somebody that it's within their bandwidth. So good, good choice there. All right. Thank you. All right, Steve. Take care. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Of all silly things, you know, we got into this whole uh, pandemic thing, and we're trying to stay outdoors as much and more as possible. And so, you know, the, we're putting in patio heaters, uh, uh, um, some uh, notable patio projects, because all of us are living outdoors more and more and more. I think we're going to see more of that uh, as we get into first-time homeowners, uh, the opportunity to just be outside. Uh, sometimes, you know, for us in this part of the country, bugs are part of it, so screens are, are part of it. But you can heat, you know, just those portable propane heaters everybody brings to their patio for the fall and Christmas, Thanksgiving, all those kind of gatherings. That is happening, but, you know, now you're changing propane tanks. They run out at the wrong time. So, frankly, if you've got enough of an electric service that we can put a sub-panel on the electric service panel, where all your breakers are, then you can put in uh, things like uh, heaters, ceiling fans, all sorts of things to make the outdoor comfortable. So just be aware. So that's why I'm comfortable with uh, the answer to Steve of how do I get my dust to dawn on. Now, back up another 10 yards here. Uh, there are dust to dawn lights which go up generally on a telephone pole that I'm not sure whether Ameren sells these anymore but they are um, kind of an industrial light uh, you purchase uh, this device from Ameren they come out and they put the pole in they put the lights in and then you pay them per month whatever the charge is 25 35 50 I don't know what the charge is but just be aware there are dusted on lights these are big they're mostly for parking lots uh, at Mosby Building Arts uh, we have a few of those in our backyard you know in our, our yard to keep that lit for security reasons uh, and they're very convenient uh, you know they're not the best light in the world they're kind of a uh, yellowish if you will um, but they're economical to operate and they you know they fit the bill so just be aware that's what I was talking about with Steve a little bit in this first caller uh, going back here let's kind of summarize a little bit before we get into the cards and cubs bank game uh, Donald called in first call and he had a pipe hammer issue. He said, when I turn on the kitchen faucet, a banging, a thump and a thump and a thump. Um, he, uh, he was explaining that. Be aware you have pressurized water in your water system. And when you turn the water on and it starts flowing, that water is moving through your pipes at about 25 to 35 miles an hour. Then you turn off the water and that water slams up against that faucet. Boom. So there's a collision and there's a thump. Well, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So that force bounces off and goes back into your piping system. And so just be aware that that pipe hammer, you, you now have an impact of pipe and water uh, bouncing back and forth and it can shake your pipes and do cause what's called pipe hammer and I could go on for days on that put you all asleep no worries with that um, anyway uh, be aware of that Mark wanted to cut back his gutter his shingles so that the water would drop into his gutters better uh, and that was tin snips 
uh, large or shears, as you might call them, as metal shears, tin snips, as I would call them. Uh, anyway, and then we had another one, Mike, about watering his foundation. Sounds silly, but constant and consistent moisture uh, percentage in soil makes the soil stable and it doesn't move. So stay tuned, folks. We've got the Cards and the Cubs coming up today right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. Go Cards. 